Hello and welcome to the Small Firms Association podcast. The SFA is the voice of small business in Ireland, proudly representing a diverse membership of businesses, often with less than 50 employees. We're homegrown and span every sector of the Irish economy, and our members are found in every town and every city in Ireland. In this series of podcasts, we'll be exploring human resources issues and drawing on the expertise of leaders in the field of human resources. Brian Smith is joining us again today, and Brian is founding member and managing director of Maybe International. He has over 20 years experience helping organisations in different parts of the world to achieve new levels of performance, success and overall well-being. He's written two books. The first, Managing to be Human, explores how it's possible to lead and manage with integrity and effectiveness. In his latest beautiful book, Your Beautiful Life, a gift, was written to help people make the most of every day and to enrich their lives. You're very welcome, Brian. Well, co-creating a culture, corporate culture, strategies on creating your business employee engagement culture, how to bring out the genius in your people and your company. Well, that's a big topic, but tell us, why is culture a good thing? Yes, that's that's a good question, because before getting into any kind of strategies for creating a culture of engagement of employees in, in our business, we need to spend a little bit of time thinking and talking about why is that such a good thing if it is? And if it is, if it is such a good thing, then why aren't we doing more of it? Okay, so there there are many good human and humanitarian reasons for engaging people. I mean, it helps them to enjoy their work more and to be happier, both in and out of work. But If we were to leave all of this aside and selfishly, as it were, focus our attention exclusively on the business, on our company, then engaging people makes equally good sense. As Ben Zander, the orchestral conductor, says, enrolling people, engaging people, gives you all of them, gives you all of the resources of people in your organization. So it's very simple. It makes absolute sense, purely from a business viewpoint, because you'll get more out of from your people when they are engaged. You'll get all of them, as Zandra says, and they will feel better too, of course. Yeah, it's not always easy either to, to get people engaged. And I suppose having an, well, we know an, an engaging culture is important, but is it really that important? Yeah, I think it would be a big mistake to think that engaging people will make a difference, but not a great one. Yes, a a, a big mistake, because really engaging people will change the whole culture in your company and get everybody in it to work to completely new standards and to perform at completely new levels. I mean, listen, what would you think of an organization where? One, firstly, People have to perform to a very high standard. Secondly, very clear and very challenging goals are set. Thirdly, there are lots of rules to be complied with. Fourthly, good performance is always highlighted and recognized, and poor or unsatisfactory performances never let go unchallenged. Fifthly, In this organization, people have to perform well to belong, and if they don't, they leave or are let go. Sixthly, in this organization, there are strict disciplines that are applied, 
and that people do adhere to. Sloppiness is simply not tolerated. Seventhly, people's personal likes or dislikes or preferences or wishes are not always met and often take second place. Eighthly, in this organization, everyone is held accountable for their performance and for the fulfillment of their role. Nine, people cooperate and work together, but when the need arises, one person calls the shots. And finally, in this organization, people are expected to make extraordinary efforts to be successful and for this are expected to endlessly practice and improve their skills in their roles. Now, wouldn't that be a dream and a dream situation in a company? But the big question is, would people like to work or belong to an organization like that that is so demanding and exacting? Suppose I said that thousands, indeed millions of people, want to and do belong to this kind of situation or organization, and they do so very willingly and happily. Do you know why? Do you know what these organizations or situations are that people freely and willingly and joyfully want to belong to? Okay, the reason is, of course, if you haven't spotted it already, is that these are sports teams or football teams, amateur ones amateur sports people, footballers, etc. They enjoy the challenge and welcome taking on whatever is required to achieve the goal. This is what engagement means, why it is so powerful and why it can be equally powerful in your organization. Doesn't it work already for you? It'll work equally well for your people when you engage them, when you make them part of the organization, of your company, like these sports teams. And on top of the enjoyment of taking on a challenge, and in addition to the satisfaction of achieving goals, people are being financially rewarded for it as well. well. I suppose people have to pay the mortgage, so it's not like being a part of the GA, which is a wonderful, and I get what you're saying, that it's, it's, it's a, a wonderful organisation that engages people just for the sheer joy of being part of the teams and the organisation. And it works in the world of sport, but, you know, the workplace is a very different area. <laughs> How would this work in, uh, say, in my company? Say I have a small firm and in the world of work in my company. How would it work, for example, for me? Very simply, you get your people together, however many or few they may be, and you tell them what you are about in your company. You also tell them what you want to achieve and why. And you share your vision for your company with them. And you do this not just for them to have a vision statement, but you do this in a genuine and convinced and convincing way. And in a way that makes it easy for them to connect with it and to connect the vision and welfare of the company with their own lives. This is not difficult to do. It should be quite easy for you to help people to understand that the welfare of your company affects virtually every aspect of their own personal lives and welfare. It does. The welfare of your company affects people's family and friends, their welfare and livelihood, their ambitions and future, contribute to their hobbies and other interests, etc., etc. This is important so that 
so that they, they see their work and your company as complementary to, supportive of their personal lives rather than being in, in opposition or conflict to them. Do this and do it well and it will, as Xander says, give you all of them. Then, when you have made great sense of this to them, you work with them to identify what you need to do, all of you, what needs to be done in order to make that goal or vision a reality. It's very simple and very easy. And what do you mean by Xander? Who is Xander? Ben Zander is the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra and he talks about engaging people, that when you engage people, they become enrolled, they sign on, they commit it, they, they commit, they want to belong because it's meaningful. And that's what I mean by, by sharing your goal or vision for your company. If you do it well and are really convinced about it, then people will enroll, people will sign on. And as Zander says, you've got all of them and not dividing their lives between their, their real outside life and their work life, which is regarded as a sacrifice and a loss on their true lives. And you end up making better music too. <laughs> you end up making better music. <laughs> but, but why, like, would, would I say I'm a small firm employer or just a manager, why would I ask my people what we need to do? Why do I ask them? Surely that's my job. Um, I'm supposed to be the boss. I'm supposed to know. And in fact, most of the time, I think I do know anyway. Uh, this, this can be challenging, not because it's all that difficult to do, but because we don't feel comfortable doing it. Remember, I asked the question earlier as to why we don't engage as much as we might with people or even as much as we might like to. I think this is part of the answer, at least. We don't engage our people, I think, for two reasons. Firstly, because we don't believe we need to. As you say, we know or should know what to do and are expected to know. And secondly, the second reason is we don't engage our people because doing so could cause confusion. In order to increase engagement, we need to deal with and overcome both of these blocks. Now, in regard to the first, the reason frequently put forward for engaging people is that doing so gets their buy-in and their commitment to our plans and various projects. This is true. But... It is not the main reason for engaging with our people. The main reason is that we get their contribution and ideas on what to do, and so we end up with better ideas, better plans, better projects. As they say, none of us is as clever as all of us, and our people will see things that we don't see and think things that we don't think. It's downright, forgive me, stupid not to ask people for their ideas. It's stupid because it's bad for people and it's bad for business. We'll hear and learn things that otherwise we would never have known. And so we'll be able to do things that otherwise we would never have done. Remember what Einstein said, four or five people thinking together is the equivalent of a genius. So as we've already mentioned, we'll get and enjoy the support and commitment to all our plans and projects because people will justifiably and honestly see them as theirs. 
I suppose with employees sometimes too, they're, they're seeing things at the cold place, at the, at the customer inter, interface. So is it worthwhile listening to them for that reason alone? Absolutely. They, they do see things that we don't see and they see them with different eyes from our eyes. We see them from our management, our ownership, our owner eyes, our, our worried eyes. They see them in a different way. So it may look like the same reality, but they're getting a different view and perspective on it because of their closeness to it and the different way they see things. And do you think there might be an element of fear there as well, and that we don't want to listen to them because we're afraid, we're afraid to engage people? Yes, uh, I mean, that's, that's the second block I was referring to, that we were afraid to engage people because we feel that we may lose all control and direction, like uh, some form of, uh, of democracy. Uh, it'll become chaotic uh, and it'll cause lots of confusion. Uh, and, um, and therefore, we, we, can, we can feel that as a manager, uh, I need to make the call to avoid this confusion. Uh, and this is a very common mistake. Managers uh, often think and give the impression that by engaging their people, getting their ideas, consulting them, they think that the decision will then be made by the group through consensus or a majority or through discussion uh, of some kind. Once the manager makes it clear that it is they, the manager, who will make the decision, then this confusion is removed. The manager will make it very clear that it is their responsibility and right to make the best decision and that they will always do so and will always do so based on what they believe is best for the business and everyone. Of course, there'll be lots of situations where there's full agreement and clear consensus. But this consensus, this agreement will never be the basis for the ultimate decision, which always remains with the manager we could slip into a false and dangerous form of democracy. There will also be times where it's simply not appropriate for the manager to engage or consult with their people because of the nature of the decision. This may be so where tough or unpopular decisions need to be made and will also be so in terms of deciding things like wages or salaries or bonuses. We can't be throwing this out to people, asking them what they think. But once the previous work of getting everybody clear on the overall importance and value of the company or business for everybody and for the lives of everybody, this will not be seen as a problem, nor will it be one. There'll be no clash of conflict between the welfare of the business and people's welfare. The kind of culture that we described earlier will operate like in the sports arena, and people will give off their all because of their commitment to what they clearly see it is for their own benefit and welfare. You will have all of them. And I suppose companies that have been around for a long time, they've been around and survived because they've done this kind of engagement. They have, that, that's true, and the, and the companies that uh, are not around anymore uh, are probably so because they didn't do this kind of work. As you were saying earlier, they didn't pick up the signs of what was happening early enough. They didn't adjust and react quickly enough to the changes in the market or in the world, and so went out of existence. You don't go out of existence as a company overnight. You slip into it 
And if you have this, as you were saying, eyes and ears of people in touch with the outside world and in touch with the cold face reality, then that's going to give you information to remain uh, agile and flexible and responsive to what's happening. There's no reason to ever go out of business. So many companies have reinvented themselves over and over and over. I thought innovation is key, particularly with the new generation where everything is at the click of a button. Um, you know, they have instant access to information. If they're going to go for a job interview, they're going to look at Google first and find out what your corporate social responsibility is like, what your ethics are like. So we do live in this uh, information age, so we have to be at the cutting edge all the time. Yeah, and all of these people who are clicking and in touch with things happening, etc., it's a wonderful resource, a wonderful a point of research for us if we just listen to them and engage with them listening that's what it's all about isn't it? well it's been a pleasure listening to you today brian thank you so much for all that fantastic information brian there is founding member and managing director of maybe international thanks for joining us today on the small firms association podcast well that's all from the small firms association podcast for today do subscribe to the podcast on itunes or your own podcast provider on your mobile your tablet or your laptop and you can also find us on twitter on the sfa.ie website on youtube on LinkedIn and SoundCloud and Facebook. You've no excuse. So until the next time, from me, Angie Mazzetti, and all the team here in the Small Farms Association, goodbye and take care.